0: everybody, welcome to another episode of Creators Outlet. We welcome back uh, Mr. Michael Whalen from uh, Correct Handed Comics. The left hand.
1: Hey, what are you doing?
0: Good, how you doing, man? Doing alright, man. What have you been up to since we last spoke at the beginning of the year?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back. I uh, finished up my second one-shot. Uh, Called I Won't Stop And uh, it came out about two months ago And it's doing real well People are really enjoying it And I am about to finish up my third one shot uh, Called Will Aliens Do My Homework It's actually coming out next week uh, So I'm pretty super excited about that And we have issue 14 of The Offspring Coming out to early Probably uh, late January of 2021 So we're, we're rocking and rolling
0: Keeping busy in the year of COVID Oh yeah so, uh, first of all, uh, we want to say uh, rest in peace to Mr. Jeremy Bullock, uh, the original Boba Fett from the uh, movies that I uh, got to meet a couple of times and have an autograph somewhere in this mess. My entire collection and stuff, cheers, uh, was uh, thankfully delivered to me in a, in a, in a full 22-foot-long trailer uh, the other day. So I've got I've got my uh, I've got my comic collection back. I've got my toy collection back, and a whole bunch of uh, memories from the past and stuff from you know pictures and just stuff from my daughter growing up. You know. Before she used to tell me where to go and <laughs> and stuff like that. Teenagers—that's
1: a, the that's a daughter's job sometimes,
0: right? Especially yeah, teenagers.
1: Teenagers. they'll tell you where to go when they're teenagers, and then when they're thirty, they'll tell you to
0: come closer. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, so. Uh, I have—I don't want to do any spoilers, but I have to ask: uh, Have you? I have seen... not seen
1: Mandalorian yet. So you have not seen it? Before. No, I have not seen it. It's on the agenda for tonight.
0: I just watched it for the fifth time today. Oh, my
1: gosh. I, yeah, I keep hearing things, and every time I see something, I scroll past it, scroll past it. Yeah, yeah. I got it yet. I, I think I have an idea, unfortunately, of what's going to happen, but I, I want to go in as, as fresh as I can, so uh, um, I probably should have watched it before I came on with you, because I, I knew it was going to come up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's so good, and uh, and I'm just, like, in love with Gina Carano, so it She's, you know, a, she's a
1: good reason to watch the show,
0: you know. And I didn't even recognize her. Uh, um, like I found a video of her online mm-hmm. from her fighting days to her modeling at Maxim, and yeah. and I was like, wow. And now she and now now she's thick as a brick house, and she looks more like an MMA fighter than she ever did before.
1: So. Yeah. She's a she's a reason to tune in. That's for sure.
0: And, she, and she's been in some great roles, you know, over the years, some like great action flicks. But uh, it looks like from the announcements that uh, they made, because there were like a billion of them from uh, all the Marvel announcements, and then all the Star Wars announcements. Mm-hmm. So they're going to do like a billion, a billion shows and or movies for each of them.
1: Yeah, sure. But it,
0: it looks like uh Gina's getting her own spin-off. Nice. Uh they're uh there's another spin-off, but I won't tell you because yeah, tell.
1: I, I have an idea, but yeah, don't tell
0: me. You know. Um and uh they're actually doing one that I I'm I am very excited for. It was the last one on the list, but uh Rogue One. Oh nice. So I'm like uh they're gonna do like a little rogue squadron action I'm like That'll
1: be cool. They're gonna they're gonna suck every bit of every morsel of story they can get out of it. They're gonna get out of it, and there's nothing wrong with that.
0: <sighs> ring, it up. Up. ring it ring out, ring
1: it out, ring it dry, ring it dry. You know, I keep hearing on the internet. There's another um, show that I want to talk a space drama that I'd like to talk about also. But uh, I keep hearing Sebastian Stan, um, who is who is by all accounts a spinning image of a young Mark Hamill uh is coming back or fans are saying he should come back to uh to play a young Luke Skywalker for some of these shows and movies that are coming out. And if you see the pictures of them side by side there, he's a dead on ringer. So oh, yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. He's already, you know, in the in the club being you know winter soldier. So why wouldn't they use him at least for really short you know, like bring him in and bring him out, kind of thing, move the story forward, and then bring you know take Luke out again. But I think that's a, I think that's a heck of an idea that people would really could really get behind.
0: Yeah, I know they announced the other week that uh, Hayden Christensen's going to come back and uh, I saw re- that rep- reprise his uh, role of the way too short Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, was that in? Because um, that was in a Marvel. Was that Spider Man or was that? Um, the new Doctor Strange movie that he was going to be doing that.
0: I'm not sure.
1: I think Uh, because I heard, maybe I read it wrong, but it it read because Doctor Strange is going to be that into the multiverse thing. mm -hmm. Um, And I think because Doctor Strange is going to be in the new Spider-Man, they're probably going to bring some of that multiverse stuff in there because I think it's Tobey Maguire, Andrew, Andrew, uh, Andrew, the other Spider-Man, I can't remember his last oh, name. Oh, right? Garfield. Garfield, Garfield, yeah, thank you. Andrew Garfield are, are making some sort of appearance in there. So uh, um, that's what that's what I read. Maybe I read it wrong because uh, it kind of took me aback. I'm like,
0: really? They're they're kind of bringing all the franchises together. Um, um, if they do that, which would be basically be a live action uh, into the Spider Verse, yep. they have they have got to include. A live action of the meme where the Spider Mans are pointing at each other, with slightly <laughs> different costumes, with all different <laughs> yeah. costumes.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a, <laughs> I think it's a hell of an idea. That's a million dollar idea right there. I'm like, the they
0: they have to do that. I'm like, no, if yeah. they don't, if they don't do that, the whole thing's gonna be a wash. It might as it might as well be like Spider Man Three. If they do don't do it, the whole thing is a waste of time. Why bother doing it? I mean exactly why would you put those three in there if not to interact that because that exactly. will that will literally blow up the internet in the uh in the comic book in the comic book geek.
1: they need to have a they need to have a battle between Mary James and Gwen stacy's have the all them have them fight each other
0: I think you downloaded yeah. the wrong movie
1: oh no well <laughs> either way, I'm happy whatever you know so. There's, a, there's another space drama that I'd like to give a little bit of time to, and I, it's all rumors and conjecture and hearsay, but I, I saw the rumor, which is, that seems what it, it only is, about a Firefly reboot.
0: Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw that too.
1: Bunch of hogwash. Uh, I I see at this point why they're not going to re or why they're not going to just do a second season with a main cast because I bet a lot of them are like I'm not going backwards I'm not going to do that but I thought this was my idea you tell me what you think well I thought if they did a uh, animated series like a Star Trek the animated series but with the original cast. So it wouldn't really be like a backbreaking thing for the cast. They could come in and just do voiceovers. But mm-hmm. we could get we could get the second season as fans that we wanted, and maybe even something completely different because it's animation, and the the it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be that it would be time consuming clearly, but it wouldn't be such a a burden on the studio because they could do the animation and and they could do anything they wanted without the this the restraints of which there aren't really restraints in uh, special effects nowadays, but. But they could do something like that, and I think that'd be a good nod to the Star Trek animated series and being able to do something with Firefly, the original cast, to get that second series, but not have to actually have the cast in the room.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, because for you know, for everything involved in uh, you know doing voiceover work for the animated studio, they could, all these people that you know, because it's been the year that it is, all these people probably had, you know, mini, st- mini studios set up in their house and they could yeah. just, you know, they could just record it and, and send it in.
1: I think it's a done deal. I think if somebody said animated series, everybody would jump at it. What I actor doesn't do voiceover
0: work at this point, right? I know. It's like, it's it's crazy not to do voiceover work.
1: Yeah, just look at the uh, start the next generation cast uh, with gargoyles. It mm-hmm. ended up the whole cast just did gargoyles.
0: Yeah, and you know, and uh, and Michael Dorn's done just about, yeah, you know everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see him in a lineup for a uh, another uh, kind of like intelligent sci-fi series. Yeah, yeah, you know, because. He's he's, you know, he's he's a great actor and now now he's older in season, but he, he's still got that deep voice. So right. it's kind of
1: like uh if I if correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kinda of like Chekhov in Babylon Five, like they're they're kinda of pulling out his sci fi cred to be mm-hmm. able to go into a new series, uh, which I think is a great idea. Sure, why not?
0: Now that you're older, Walter, we're gonna have you go in and be a complete dick. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'll be great. You're not, you're not, uh, you're not the uh, cute guy on the bridge, the Davy Jones look like on the bridge anymore. You're, you're mm-hmm. the old <laughs> jerk.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna have to put a little bit of Spock in there, a little bit of drunk Scotty, mm-hmm. and a lot of McCoy. No, we're not gonna, yeah, but we're gonna make you say. Yeah, we
1: we're not gonna through. make you say uh, Nucleo Wessels anymore. So.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We're not going to make you say nuclear wessels.
0: No, no more, no more fake Russian accent, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, you know, there's there's a lot of good stuff coming up uh, all around. There's you know, so you've got a, you've got a book that just came out, and you've got another book that's coming out just a few weeks away.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Day, days away. Uh, I'm hoping I want to, uh, as I'm a teacher, I don't know if you know that. So the yeah. uh, the last couple uh, months have been, uh, have been quite the adventure uh, and we are on full remote where I'm from right now, where I'm, where I'm living right now in upstate New York, we're on full remote. So it is, you would think that, that my, a lot of people are probably like, Oh, that's making your job so much easier because you don't have to be you know in the classroom, but we do. And we're still going full remote. So it's, it's actually more work, believe it or not, as a full remote teacher because it's, it's just trying to communicate with all these different kids in all these different places instead of having them come into one big one room, right? Um, so my uh, plans of getting it out before Christmas um, uh, were, were shaken a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Uh, but I think I'm going to be able to pull it off. Uh, I think I'm going to be able to pull it off to have it out before New Year's. So I'm really excited about it. The book I just finished a couple pages today that that I think are some of the best pages I've ever come with. It's it's fun. It's action adventure. It's it's uh, drawn from from my life as a teacher on some level, except for except for the alien invasion part. Um, but I'm I'm really super excited about it. And it's it's a uh, um, action adventure comedy, everything that I love as a as a fan. So I'm hoping that uh, uh, people enjoyed this one also.
0: Awesome. Yeah, uh, I, can, I can imagine the teaching part has uh, take, taken a toll. The, There's a few the, more
1: gray hairs. There's a few more gray hairs. I don't know if you yeah. can see them in
0: the light here. but <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, they're highlighted by
0: the uh, overhead fluorescence there. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm um, making them stand
0: out more than I should. Yeah, you know. Um, you get all the kids design sign in and Zoom, and, and their icons are there. But, you know, they've already gone back in the other room to get on the PS5 yep. and, yep. you know, so you, you have to mark them absent when they're, you know, when they're not answering questions after you've asked them five times in a row.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm really lucky. I have a good group of kids and a good group of parents and a good school a school uh, that I work for um, that really uh, backs the teachers um, and really supports the parents and the kids to be able to work in this strange environment. There are a lot of parents, you know, that, that aren't happy with the situation. A lot of teachers aren't happy with the situation. That's completely normal because it's a weird situation. But I, but I think that for when we're done with it, which which I think will be by the end of this year. I hope we won't have to do this next year. You know, with all the the uh, the the uh, uh, the COVID stuff being done, hopefully by summer of this year, uh, by next year, twenty twenty one. Um, I think that everybody will kind of, you know, be able to breathe a sigh of relief and be able to know that, uh, go back to just having fun in the classroom with kids. And I think that's something that uh, my district does really well. The kids do great. Parents are really supportive, great teaching staff. So it's um, it's one of those things that you're, you're like right now is the pits. But in in five months, we'll look back on this and we'll say, oh, no, it wasn't that
0: bad. And now we're doing really well. Well, you know, once you can get your governor to quit murdering, you know, senior citizens in nursing homes, you'd, you know, you'd be a step ahead. I don't know anything about that, Will. Yeah. That's none of my business. But it's uh, it's just a weird time. hmm Definitely. But before we get too much more into this, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Comics. At SpinWizComics.com They are a web and indie comic discovery platform You can download the app On both iOS and Android Completely free And you can read Close to 500 Free comics From independent creators And web comic creators alike And uh, here's Just a quick look of what it could look like On your smart device Ta-da! So, uh, remind us, because you've got uh, the one-shots, and you've got a very long series as far as independence go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm cranking them out pretty good here. I, I'm Usually, I try as a one-man band. Not so much anymore for this next issue of The Offspring, but uh, I've been able to get out a book every two months. Um, And that's a colored book for my ongoing series, The Offspring. So I've got issue 13 that came out right at the end of summer in June. Excuse me, uh, that's the beginning of summer. In August, uh, that just came out, issue 13. And I have collected issues 1 through 4 in volume 1. Issues 5 through, this is 5 through 9 in uh, volume 2. And I just put out uh, volume 3 that has issues 11, sorry, 10, 11, and 12. And then, I'm sorry, that's still wrong. 11, 12, and 13. Uh, and it also has our first one-shot in there, too, as a backup bonus story, uh, The Shady Lady. So it's it's um, a whole story, uh, three-part story of The Offspring and our first one-shot, Shady Lady, in one volume. And you can find all that stuff at uh, correcthandicomics.com. We have our, our novel, my novel that I wrote. Uh, and if you're a fan of Westerns, uh, that has action adventure, comedy, all that stuff, everything you'd want in a western, but with some you know like uh, um, a contemporary twist on some of the stuff. Uh, this is my novel you can find on correctanacomics The last ride to Tyburn. I think it's got some really good exciting st- funny stuff in it also. Um, so uh, I-, I wrote this book. Um, it was the first book I've ever written, and I kind of wrote it just to see if I could do it. and I could I can't believe how. I was surprised at how um, much I enjoyed sitting in front of a computer typing away um, and how much I laughed at my own jokes uh, in the process of writing the the story. So I think it's something that people who enjoy Westerns, anything from uh, Jimmy Stewart or uh, or, um, uh, the Duke um, or uh, Dean Martin uh, from back in the day, Rio Bravo, that kind of stuff. Uh, would enjoy this uh, because it pulls a lot from those, those Western ideas uh, and those Western tropes. But like I said, with a little contemporary spin on the end, and I think the ending is something that people will really enjoy.
0: Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So I remember uh, last time you run after showing the book, uh, reminded me that uh, we were talking about Shady Lady because mm-hmm. uh, it was just getting ready to come out like uh a couple weeks after we talked. So yeah. and uh I get to I get to read a little bit of that and it was uh it was pretty damn good. Oh good thank you I appreciate that. So uh you know and uh how many ish were you were you going 18 issues with the uh your uh your superhero action adventure book? My, but the ongoing I just
1: published uh, thirteen. Uh, And then I'm taking a break. 13 was like the end of the season, like the season finale, where Mm -hmm. really pushing the story. The last three uh, uh, issues, 11, 12 and 13, I call the landslide saga. And it really pushed the story forward to where I wanted it to be for what I'm calling season two, which is going to be issue 14 coming out in. Uh, late January, I've got a great new colorist, Chris McCauley, who has worked with um, the uh, Bram Stoker estate on Dracula stuff. He's worked with Marvel. He's worked with Boom. He's worked with a bunch of, of people. He did the, the color of the cover of uh, issue 13, and he's an amazing creator an amazing colorist. And I'm super excited to have him coloring uh, the offspring. So issue 14 that comes out in uh, late January uh, really propels the story forward. It takes right, it takes right off where issue 13 uh, ended. Um, And it starts to get if uh, if you thought issues one through 13 were 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 bonkers with, uh, you know, adventure and crazy stuff. Issue 14 sets off a chain of events that's going to last through the entire uh, season and the entire run, really, the book uh, that um, takes it in places that uh, as a writer, um, I was super excited about going. Uh, We jump uh, directly into a time travel story um, that takes them into uh, the Civil War which is going to um, put a, light, a spotlight on, uh, even though it's taking place uh, during the Civil War, it's going to be putting a spotlight on a lot of uh, issues that are happening now in our, in our, uh, in our time right now. Um, and it's always funny to me, and anybody who's a fan of history uh, notices that we as a world world keep kind of making the same mistakes over and over and over and over again. Uh, if, you, if you're a fan of history and historical events, you kind of see the pattern as you move forward through, uh, as you move backwards as a, as a fan of history. Um, so it's kind of taken some of those ideas and putting these characters into past events, into past lives, um, but um, shining, a, a, again, a contemporary light on uh, some of the issues that we're still, still dealing with. Um, in the future, the 21st century. Um, so it's it's a uh, been uh, a really fun time writing it, um, and I can't wait to show people. I've got the first half of issue 14 already done, and we're we're trucking through the the last half of it right now, um, and it's gonna be really cool. Like I can't wait for people to see it. And you're still
0: self-publishing and self-distributing everything.
1: Everything. Yep. Yep.
0: I know. Cool. I know. There's. Uh... I don't know if I mentioned to you last time. I know of two stores that are super supportive of indie comics, mm-hmm. and uh, one's down in uh, Florida, uh, the Collective. Okay. And the other one is in Texas, uh, uh, Jen King's store, uh, Space Cadets. Awesome. They they both they both have uh, like. There's, like, an entire rack mm-hmm. uh, for, like, New Arrival, like Indie Comics. Awesome. And uh, the collective does, like, a, a spotlight on on indie books and puts them, like, right up at the front of the store at the counter so people can, can see them and check them out as they're uh, whipping the cash out of their pockets. Sure, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's Indie Comics time right now, I think. I think that uh, there's so many great creators out there and so many uh, great – uh, writers and artists that are putting their heart and soul into their own stories. and and the the big boys, they'll do just fine. Um, and people will keep reading them, and I'll keep reading them, and everybody else will keep reading them, and those stories will keep coming. Uh, but I think that that now's a good time to be able to be to be an indie creator because there's so many different stories coming on. There's so much such a spotlight on indie creators right now that um, that uh, it's fun to be able to be just a very, very small part of that community. Uh, to be able to see some of the awesome stories coming out, to be able to be like a, like I said, a tiny little dot, a tiny little speck on the on the the vastness of those indie creators uh, is is uh, really cool for me, and I and I um, hope to continue to make stories and grow and and uh, and be in places like I think 2021. I'm going to try to be able to even expand my uh, my base a little bit more uh, by going into some of those comic book shops that uh, um, that I haven't been able to get into yet. Oh, yeah, that's,
0: that, that's always uh, a good plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that scares me about 2021 is everybody keeps talking, well, you know, that's when Mad Max happened, right?
1: <laughs> well, I think, you know, what, what's funny to me is that when uh, I was a kid, when we were kids, well, mm-hmm. um, the, when we watched sci-fi movies that went into the future, you had two possibilities. You had Utopia. Or you had dystopia, the craziness, where, where it's just ridiculous madness. And I think that, the, that that future that we saw as kids in the 70s and 80s is now. Like all those movies took place now with, with the time that we are right now. And I think that um, uh, it's funny to me that we see the choices we make and we see where we can go as societies. Um, And we still kind of we're still fumbling and stumbling along the way. I'm not really sure where the where the uh, the barrier is, um, whether it's um, mental or whether it's leadership or whether it's with society itself. I don't know. Um, But I think we have opportunities in the next 10 years to be able to to up the ante on what we see as the future now in the
0: 21st century. Well, you know, here's to hoping no time soon. Anybody rides their horse. Uh, you know <laughs> down the waterline in New York and sees the Statue of Liberty uh, you know halfway up out of the dirt. Well, let's hope not. But let's hope that's one of the futures that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. You Although- know
1: what for? There's an episode of Star Trek the Next Generation where they go down to a planet and everybody's in the white, pristine outfits and everybody's running and everybody's fit. And Wesley Crusher says there are some there are some games that I'm not ready for or something like that. That's the, the utopia that I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. That episode. I can't remember the name of the episode. I, I, just,
0: I just saw it the other day.
1: Yeah, and then Wesley, you know, gets put on trial because he's going to be put to death for flying through a flower bed. So that part, maybe not so much. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it looks really good.
0: You know, it's, it's amazing how perturbed uh, the actor that played Wesley gets when you uh, – <laughs> Ride your wheelchair by his table at Comic-Con. Yeah. Just look at him and yell, shut up, Wesley.
1: <laughs> he gets perturbed, really? You think he'd just smile and move
0: along with his dad? You know, because he's only probably heard that like 80 million yeah, times, 80, you know? 80, 80 yeah. Was, you know. Yeah.
1: You know what's funny to me is the character itself, it, it's, it's funny. Looking back now, 30 years later, as fans, we can all kind of uh, critique what he did Um, And the writing and the acting, whatever it is. And and Will Weed is clearly a a good actor. Um, Stand By Me is an amazing, uh, uh, amazing movie. And he did great in like Big Bang Theory and other movies that he's been in. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that the problem is, is they tried to make him too young. And he was always so as a character, he was always so defensive Right, like every word he said was, "Oh, I didn't say that," or oh, I, that's not what I meant," or "Oh, well, I'm gonna save the ship now," like all that kind of stuff. But if he would have delivered the lines a little bit more with a little bit more wisdom beyond his years, I don't think that character would have ended up the way way he did. I think that character might have might have maybe lasted a little bit longer than he did.
0: Yeah, but that's just my opinion.
1: Well, as I a, know i I've,
0: I've seen him on. Uh... I don't know if he's I don't think he's still doing it, but for a while he was doing uh his own uh YouTube show uh yeah, ta- yeah. tabletop. I've seen a few episodes, yeah, that's good. And and I I had a I I I kept watching it. you know, hey playing games are a lot of fun. Yeah. And I have no one to play games with, so I was just, you know, living vicariously through uh Will Eaton. Sure sure and uh, you know, kinda like the guys on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and uh, and there was there were two episodes that stood out to me. One, uh, they were short of they, they were like short one guest, mm-hmm. so he had his wife come on set. Yeah, and I'm like, that's his wife. Wow, he did pretty damn good for himself. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, hey. And a, and another one because uh, it was it was usually always it was either like very close friends of his that would come on Mm -hmm. or it was all actors actors and actresses Mm -hmm. and one episode that stood out to me and I've watched it a few times because I found it entertaining was they were playing cards against humanity drunk Oh no like the the girl the girls got hammered one of the girl one of the actresses had a couple of male friends that, that she was hanging out with that weekend and she said there. They were from uh, either Ireland or Scotland, and she sent them out to the liquor store. And they came back with like a big bottle of whiskey or, or something. And you can never trust the Irish
1: to go to the liquor store. Don't let the Irish go to the liquor store.
0: <laughs> oh, and Don't I bring know back the good stuff. I know I am Irish, so you know. Uh, yeah. And they they got they they got pretty lit, and the uh, the stuff they were coming up with which was was. Uh, Quite entertaining to say the least. So, I bet. I bet. you know,
1: you know, I had a, I had an idea for, uh, and I'm just giving away free ideas tonight, I guess, but I had an idea for a Star Trek spinoff that was called Star Trek Black Ops, and the idea was a black ops program under the Federation, and they would do like the some of the dirty work um, that you didn't quite see on the fancy starships and the bright uniforms. And my idea was that Wesley Crusher. Would be the captain of this ragtag group of starship or star, a uh, Federation officers, and I thought in the pilot episode, what would be the 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 thing that would solidify him as a badass? You know, super smart. You know, all that stuff knows all of the rules and regulations, knows everything about everything. Um, but you also need to make him like action adventure, like a like a mix between. Data and Kirk, you know what I mean. Like he has all the answers, but he can, he'll also rough it up with you. So I thought if he his their first mission was to save, Uh, Worf, from some kind of thing, and if Wesley Crusher goes into in a, a camp or something that that Worf is being held at, and Worf looks up and goes, Wesley Crusher, you saved me. That would solidify him as, as sci-fi as the biggest BA Star Trek. Captain of all time, right? Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: Except then we'd be waiting for the wavy lines to come through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't
1: disagree with you, but I think it would be it'd be an interesting thing to be able to see Wesley Crusher as a captain of a Black Ops Federation team. They so had- somebody out there, somebody out there, should write that. Maybe I would.
0: They, they had. Uh, well, you know, you might as well. Um, They had that uh, Section 37 or something like that uh, they used in the Enterprise uh, series, and I think they used it a little bit in uh, Oh, uh, the Space Station one there, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, they
1: had a little bit of that darker idea in Deep Space Nine. but I don't think it. I don't think. I think something like that could go in so many different ways. And I guess they're trying to do a little bit with Picard, where mm-hmm. it's not the Federation, where they're they're digging a little deeper uh, into some of the the darker bowels of uh, the Federation, the darker bowels of that universe. Um, um, so it would be a great jumping off point. I mean, if you had Wesley Crusher, see Captain Picard, and say, "I'm going to be in charge of the Black Ops unit of Federation,"
0: and Picard says, "Great, go do it. Shut up, Wesley." Mm-hmm. Because, you know, what good is it without, you know, exactly. telling West telling Wesley to shut up.
1: He he walk, he gets onto the turbo, uh, he gets onto the uh the transporters and uh and Captain looks up, Captain Picard looks up and says, Shut up, Wesley, energize. <laughs> he just energized <laughs> off. Like perfect. It's it's riding itself.
0: Just send <laughs> send them off. Mm-hmm. Uh Speaking of Picard, they are moving Picard and that other Discovery, Discovery that can that that confused Star Trek show <laughs> uh, to uh, Netflix. Oh, are they really? So they're I, moving. They're moving past seasons to Netflix. Nice. I think that's a swell idea.
1: I saw Discovery season one. I think I got two or three episodes of season two. Um, and it's oh, okay. I mean, I got it. Yeah, I got it. It's got some stuff. Um, yeah, it was a little bit in some places hard to follow, and maybe that's just because I'm not too bright. Um, but um, but I, I, I see where they what they're trying to do, and I think it'll. You know, if it's one of those those series that changes and grows and gets better as it goes. I mean, if we gave up on Next Generation the the after the first season because it wasn't that great. I mean, think of the the six years of awesome stories we wouldn't have gotten. Well, five years of awesome stories that we wouldn't have gotten uh, if we <laughs> gave up on Next Generation that quick,
0: right? Yeah, I just I just think it's uh, they kind of lost me right away with the whole thing they did with the Klingons.
1: Well, I, you know, it's um, it's one of those. I lo- you know who I like. I like the actress who plays uh, Pike. I can't uh, Anson Mount. I can't believe I remembered his name, uh, but he was also in not that I'm plugging for other people's shows or anything, but he was in uh, Hell on Wheels, um, that was on AMC a couple oh, years. Oh yeah, ago.
0: yeah, and I watched that. That was yeah, really good.
1: Yeah, that's a that was a great western kind of westward expansion uh, story, um, and he's I like him. I, he I think he makes a great uh, Captain Pike, um, and I think I, I actually haven't gotten to him yet in the in the parts that I've watched. So I'm excited if they're putting stuff on Netflix. I'm I'm gonna watch it. I'll take the time to watch
0: it. And uh, of of course, Chief O'Brien was also, yeah, in yeah. that too. Yet again,
1: connections, making connections.
0: He only plays bad guys unless it's a Star Trek series.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I like about him. I like that you you see Chief O'Brien, but you're like, oh yeah, he can play. He can play Irish badass also. It's like.
0: He's such an evil sob I can't believe it yeah yep. you know so there there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff coming uh, coming down the pipeline oh yeah um I've got I've got an entire short box so far this year all filled up with uh, indie stuff yeah so uh, you know I've been reading getting stuff in I've had to uh, as of, as of late I've had I've had to uh, switch over to uh, digital on a few of them just so I could read them and, and get reviews up for them. Sure, but uh, you know, because you know, I'm coming up coming up to the holidays with a uh, with a teenager and <laughs> and you know you living hand on hand. So, you know stuck living on Social Security, I'm uh, you know cutting it to the bone, so I'm. Going through boxes and, you know, getting stuff together and and selling stuff and finding stuff that I never knew I had. And I did a I did an unboxing the other day mm-hmm. and I got a box over here that has uh, McFarland toys written on the side of it. Oh, and it said Marv from Sin City. So nice. I'm thinking I'm opening this box up and I'm going to find my the original Marv in the electric chair that you can literally throw the switch and watch him oh. fry. Yeah. I did not find Marv.
1: <laughs> Who was it? Was it that yellow bastard?
0: No, it was, it was actually, uh, it wasn't a sealed box. Uh, cause when, uh, when I went into the coma back in 2016, all my friends and family get together and they just started packing up all my stuff and my buddy mike uh that i worked with uh kept all this stuff in storage until i just got it back uh the other week but uh instead it had a variety of kenner star wars figures in it wow oh. so i'm like okay not the not the original kenner but you know the yeah the the newly released kenner but you know it had some shadows of the empire figures and uh hey you know there's a, there's a Boba Fett in there. There were, uh, there was a two pack of Ugnaughts and, uh, one of them looked like a certain character from, uh, earlier on in this season of the Mandalorian. So I'm like, well, I'm keeping them, uh, you know, and I opened up another box and that was, uh, a full like inner case of, uh, DC direct, uh, unmasked, uh, second series awesome which uh had a uh, a Clark Kent Superman so he's got the the shirt and the coat open he's up like that. this and you see yep. that you see that uh but he comes with the glasses that you can actually attach to to his face cool and then there's he's got a clip-on tie with a shirt attached to it so you clip it snaps around his neck just yeah. to cover up the the blue of uh the super suit. Nice. Um then there was uh, and all the others have like swappable heads. Mm. So there's a there's like a classic uh blue and gray uh bat girl. Nice. Um you know with the Barbara long flowing red hair and uh then you know the same thing but in the mask. Uh there's a that's Barbara Gordon with the red flowing hair. Yeah, and the uh, there's a Batman Bruce Wayne uh, black and gray costume from a few years ago. Nice. Um, there was there's a Martian Manhunter one with the pointy Martian head and one with classic, you know. There the so you can take off
1: the head and put on the new head.
0: Yeah, so you can well you can take off the you can take off the the new head and put on the old like 1940s head. With the, with the big Cro-Magnon eyebrows there. Nice.
1: I think Martian Manhunter is probably the most underrated DC hero of all time. Mm-hmm. With, with the exception of Blue Beetle. I think that Martian Manhunter is the most underrated DC hero of all time. He should be, he should be, a, he should be a household name, just like Superman or Batman. But some, some, for some reason, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why. But uh, I think he's uh, a pretty awesome character with so much, even now, untapped potential. Um, that uh, I don't know why he hasn't uh hit into hidden, hidden the zeitgeist.
0: Oh, I know it's it's just weird. He's had he's gotten popular enough where they've had multiple miniseries with him, yeah. or you know, full ongoing series, and then the miniseries either get cut short and the ongoing, of course, get just outright canceled, but
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know where where the where it's uh, where it loses its steam or where it's not connecting with the general audience, but you know, and then you have things like um, him in um, like Young Justice or uh, even even Supergirl when he when he showed up in Supergirl, the WB show, which quite frankly, not because not because it wasn't a good show or anything, but I just I stopped watching it. I think that I wasn't the demographic. <laughs> Because I'm a, an old man uh, who, you know, grew up in the 70s and 80s. And uh, um, but when Martian Manhunter showed up on that first season of Supergirl, I thought it was great. I thought I was excited to be able to see what they did with the, what they were going to do with the character. Um,
0: and then I did stop watching. Especially since he stole the name of a certain person who ends up being Cyborg Superman.
1: Yeah, that didn't really make any sense to me. Why would he continue to be Hank uh Hank Henshaw when everybody knew who he was? Why would he continue having that alter ego? I, I don't know. It just I don't know.
0: I was more excited to see Linda Carter until until I found out she was an alien. Yeah.
1: Hey, you know what? A Linda Carter human, Linda Carter alien, I will take it.
0: Well, it <laughs> makes sense that she's an alien because she she pretty much Hasn't changed all that much. Yes. Yes, Yes, I know plastic surgery works wonders, but, you know, and they, I just saw uh, there was an, there was some kind of online article that had uh, her, her older daughter and herself side by side. Yeah. And they literally look like twins. You have to look very close to be, to, you know, to see, but. yeah, Good for her. You know. And I thought it was funny because some of the stuff I was opening were old loot crate boxes. And one of them was, the theme of it was Supergirl. Nice. But it was before WV started putting all the DC shows together. Mm. And if you remember the first season of Supergirl was on CBS.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. And then they, they canceled it and W's like, we'll take it yeah why wouldn't they? you know we'll yeah. take it, we'll put it with this stuff yeah makes sense to us, and then they just kept going and going and going yeah. um but it was it was pretty cool because I looked in uh the bottom of the box there was a variant to supergirl number one mm-hmm. uh an early John Boy Myers cover no that I didn't know I had, so I was like cool awesome. i went I went to the next one I opened up that one. And it was when, uh, way back when, when, uh, Marvel put out the, uh, the Vader down miniseries, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Mayhew did a, did a homage cover of, uh, like Vader's helmet mm-hmm. in the background and some other stuff. And, uh, they, they, uh, they had an exclusive with, uh, Mayhew studios, for a black and white version and a color version both, both in this box i go well that's cool i can sell that <laughs> how'd it go did you sell it uh yeah nice
1: nice you know yeah you know i think that uh, the market for things like that and i'm not gonna lie to you as a as a way past middle-aged man um, there there are parts of me that from time to time want to buy back my childhood and I'm sure it happens to every person in the history of peoplehood,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: uh, but I—I I don't know if you can see it, my my He-Man, my He-Man thing right there. So uh, I went to uh, went into a, a toy shop that I saw. It was last year, two years ago. Had a He-Man and a Battle Cat. Every accessories readily available. It was good to go. It wasn't in package or anything clearly, uh, but um, uh, I went back a year later and said, "Hey, you still have that He-Man and Battle Cat?" Sold it. So I so I was my 12 year old self was uh, uh was uh, pretty bummed that day, uh, but yeah it's um, I think those kind of things are, are great and I think uh, you know anything that puts a spotlight on these characters is is always a positive thing. You know what I'm looking forward to is the uh, uh, Clark and Lois the new Superman show coming out. I like uh, the guy playing uh, Superman. I like the 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 girl playing Lois. I can't remember any of their names right now. Uh, but I think that's going to be fun. My only concern, again, as somebody who knows nothing, is that they, they're going to have twin teenage boys. And I was actually, when I heard the announcement for the show, I was excited that, that Lois and Clark were going to be parents. But I was kind of hoping to see, like, toddler uh, um, Jonathan. And not John. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, as a, as a father myself and seeing all that stuff, I was like, oh, we're going to see Superman change diapers. Or we're going to see Superman, you know, taking their kid to preschool. But they've already fast-forwarded into teenage years. And I know why they did it. Kids are, you know, um, for the story, and to be able to get them into the action and everything. But if they did, like, a Super Sons um, in that show and them being a little bit younger, even, like, 10 or 11 or 12, I think would have been super fun. So I hope they had not... Uh, uh, Missing the boat uh, By having the the Sons be too old
0: Well you know maybe they're doing a Brian Michael Bendis and like well let's ruin It from the get go (laughs) And uh, I know Super Sons is so popular and the second Series is even more popular But Mm -hmm. we're going to cancel that so I can age him to be About 16 or 17 And then we're going to send him off to the Legion of Superheroes And then I'm going to ruin that book too
1: yeah, it, it's funny, it seems like they want to fast forward to what they think is the good stuff, but they don't realize that, or they, I say they, whoever they are, don't realize that the, the good stuff is the, in, the, in the process, is in the journey of 75 years of a character. So mm-hmm. starting Superman and Lois with a baby, you know, and having to be a baby for a few years, and then slowly into a toddler, and then slowly into a preteen, uh, you know, after 25 or 30 years. Is the story that I think a lot of people would want to see, and a story that I would I would chime in for. Um, yeah,
0: but they're they're not that great on continuity, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know you can let a little continuity go if you know the history of the characters is respected, but yeah, 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 they they're not doing that either. So,
1: well, you know, and I think that anybody in their situation who has, like I said, hundred hundred years of of stories and characters it's going to continuity is going to fall apart <laughs> at one point. Oh yeah. Ever, forever. You know what I mean? So I think if, you know, and I, and, I'm, and I have nothing against any creators that are doing things that they enjoy and writing stories that they enjoy, they're not writing for, you know, for me, they're writing for themselves to be able to show stories that they want to tell, telling stories that they, and, and with these characters that they want to tell. Um, um, and, you know, some of the ideas or the concepts kind of falling through the cracks from time to time is going to happen. Um, but yeah, it just does seem like they want to speed up too fast to um, and not play the long game uh, mm-hmm. as a creator, uh, which which can be hard because a lot of creators know, especially the big boys know they might only have 12 issues. So there there is no long game. It's I got to tell my story and my story is a is a teenage son of Clark Kent. So I better get there real fast. Um, well, which,
0: in you know, in kind of in, in recent months, they might only have like, you know, two issues to tell their whole story before that. That book is canceled, so
1: yeah, yeah. There, there doesn't seem to be much, um, um, uh, much patience to be able to say it's it's not making a million dollars right now. But but I like what you're doing. Let's keep let's keep moving forward. We have faith in the concept. Let's let's keep moving forward and see what happens. And you know you don't want to say that for twenty years, but you can say it for two, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for a company like Disney or or Warner Brothers or you know uh, these companies that may not have the the pockets of infinity um but still can 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 afford to tell a good story even if it doesn't sell
0: a million dollars worth of product yeah except be- they don't they they don't want to do that because you know yeah. disney wants to flood the market with everything and wonder brothers wants to keep up uh doing that as well but Since Warner Brothers is now owned by AT and T, AT and T just wants to uh, cut, 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 cut. They're notorious. They're a notorious penny pitching company. Yeah. You know, it's like, why are we paying people? Don't we have machines that can do this for free? Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I think that uh, unfortunately, when you put money uh, and creativity in the same boat uh unfortunately money will will uh, now in our society anyway money will win the day um mm-hmm. and creativity will be pushed aside how can you tell the story faster better and cheaper um maybe not better or maybe not maybe not better but how can you tell the story cheaper <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, and and sacrifice um quality storytelling or or um storytelling that will stand the test of time rather than make a million dollars or a million dollars, isn't even that much anymore. A billion dollars, how about that?
0: Yeah. yeah. It's 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 sad that it's, you know, that it's come to that. It's like, of course we know you want to make money. Everybody wants okay. to make money. Sure. But, you know, the comics themselves aren't a, aren't a huge money-making prospect. But now you have to... Uh, Actually, search hard through uh, your your TV guide to uh, find something that is not a comic book property to watch on TV nowadays.
1: Yeah, and I think the comic books are missing the boat. The comic book industry is missing the boat to not put. I think I've said this on a, another podcast. I was just, we were just spitfiring about the industry, and uh, and one thing that I think, and maybe some places do, and I just haven't seen it. Um, is that putting a, a comic book rack inside of movie theaters when they're back open and everybody's going to them? But mm-hmm. if you put, or oh, a Spider Man, Superman, Batman, Plastic Man, Mighty, you know, uh, uh, Mighty Mouse, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, put those comics inside of the movie theater. I would bet that a ten-year-old, a, a five-year-old, twenty-year-old. Forty-year-old walking out of a of a of a Superman or Thor movie would say, "Yeah, let me pick up a couple comic books. Why not?" Um, I think that's a, a boat that's being missed uh, in the industry right now to be able to put eyes on the the actual books that started these properties out that are making billions of dollars for these companies, but people don't. Um, Marvel does, I think, a pretty good job of of staying pretty true to the characters from the from the comic books. I don't think DC does. I think DC strays too far from the source material um, and not in a, not in the best way. I still haven't seen a solid Superman movie since Superman two um, in my mind. Um, but uh, um, I think that putting comic books in those places that people would walk out into after seeing a comic book movie and say, yeah, let me buy a couple comic books. Why not? I'll show them to my kid. I'll show them to my cousin and we'll, we'll enjoy these characters and stories past, Staring at them on the big screen.
0: Well, I've talked to some uh, some indie creators that have actually uh, gone into their local theaters and you know set up a table with their own product. Smart. When a new uh, when a new uh, like say you know Infinity War or any you know or mm-hmm. you know Wonder Woman or you know Aquaman or Shazam or something mm-hmm. was opening up, they're like. Uh, we don't want anything from you. We'll set up in the corner, and uh, we'll just display a, we'll display all like our our comic book ways. You got a comic book movie opening up, and you know it might draw some more people in. That's a great idea. You know, a lot of theaters won't do that because they're you know owned by you know a huge corporation that you know if you do it in one, you got to do it in all of them kind of things. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're, they're not like individually owned, but you know, if you're lucky enough to own, you know, have live in a town that, you know, maybe not, maybe not a mom and pop, but you know, you have, it's a franchise that are owned by, you know, owned by like some local people or whatever. And you know, you, you have a shot of being able to go in and and do something like that. Sure. And, uh, I know uh victor said uh him and a bunch of his bunch of people that have uh done stuff with him uh would, would set up uh t-shirts original original sketches they would actually do sketches there if people wanted them to and mm-hmm. uh you know some books they they had done and they would they would pretty much sell out at just about everything It's awesome you know so it's it's like having a little mini convention you know all to yourself with a guaranteed crowd because, you know, it's opening, it's opening weekend for the Avengers or, you know, a new Thor movie or something. So everybody's rushing in. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great way. It's that creativity to be able to, to where are the people and how can I get their eyes on this book, my book.
0: You mm-hmm. know?
1: And I think that's uh, especially now with all the, the weird stuff that might be one of the, the positive things that comes out of this is people are getting a little more creative with where they are and how they are and what they do to be able to get their books uh, out to uh, more eyeballs. Cause more eye- eyeballs is always better than less eyeballs.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. You, you, you want to, you know, you want to make people aware of, you know, what you got going on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, speaking of which, uh, why don't you, uh, plug everything you have and, uh, give everybody, uh, all your uh, contact info for uh, the social medias and
1: uh... yeah, yeah. You can find me on Facebook at uh, David Whalen, uh, and then there's a link to correcthandofcomics and there's a link there, shop now button to uh, my uh, Amazon author page that has digital and print of all my books. You can find a few of the books on Comicsology. I'm testing the waters there to see if I don't get lost in the shuffle, um, and you can find. Uh, all of the, links to all of our books at correctanacomics.com, uh, uh, a novel uh, the, the Last Ride to Tyburn if you like Westerns, our first one shot, Shady Lady, 24 uh, page noir thriller. So if you like things like uh, Frank Sinatra suddenly or uh, man in the uh, or excuse me Lady in the Wet cement, uh, you'll like that. or if you like monster movies, our 100-page-plus graphic novel, The Loved Ones, about children of classic movie monsters hunting their parents. Um, You can find Volume 1 and Volume 2 and Volume 3. I haven't got my my hard copy of Volume 3 yet. I wish that I had it, but I don't. Of The Offspring, collecting issues 1 through 13. You can find all of that on correcthandedcomics.com.
0: Don't get left out. Get that stuff today. And uh, depending on where you're watching us, Facebook or YouTube, you can find the website in the show notes either up above or down below. Awesome. So I want to thank you once again for coming on and uh, chatting with us tonight and uh, wish you and yours a uh, a merry holiday season.
1: Thank you, Well, I appreciate you having me on. Happy Festivus.
0: For the rest of us. (laughs) So make sure you check out David's stuff at Correct Handed Comics. Uh, The link for the website is right in the show notes, like I said. Uh, And until uh, next time, this is Will for Creators Outlet.